1: that it taught me was to show up, you know what I mean? Because that's what Billy did. I say she made me braver, in the sense that the imposter syndrome didn't go away necessarily. The feelings of unworthiness didn't necessarily go away. It was to show up anyway, in the midst of those feelings. And that's what she did.
0: Ah, listeners. Hello, welcome to another episode of In the Envelope. I am so excited that you are joining us today for this very special episode. I'm so excited to air this week. Happy Oscar season, everyone. Here we are in the middle, towards the end, I should say, of this award season. We should touch on the recent huge award show, which is of course the Screen Actors Guild Awards, the SAG Awards, backstage staff's favorite award show because it is you know the only one given to actors and by actors. It was a very interesting ceremony this year, of course, with COVID. A pre-taped, entirely remote, virtual SAG ceremony that took place over the course of an hour. Pre-taped a couple days before the ceremony with the results kept secret. It was super exciting. The results! There were some fun surprises. I was really happy with a lot— I personally was really happy with a lot of how the SAG After members picked these winners. On the TV side, there were some 2020 contenders like Schitt's Creek and The Crown won for the ensemble prizes. So those were kind of contenders from the past year. But looking ahead to like 2021 Emmy Emmy contenders, Jason Sudeikis and Anya Taylor-Joy have now won multiple awards for their work in Ted Lasso and The Queen's Gambit. So if you are already thinking about making bets on Emmys, those are good bets. Reminder, too, that the film races at SAG, have, of course, have a strong correlation to Oscar results reflecting the overlap between Hollywood's biggest guild, which is SAG, and the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. Last year's the film categories went 5 for 5 of all the acting prizes, including Parasite. So this year, Viola Davis, Chadwick Boseman, Yoon Ya-Joon, and Daniel Kaluuya were the individual film winners, all of which are, of course, Oscar-nominated. And then The Trial of the Chicago 7, which is nominated for Best Picture, that won the Film Ensemble Prize. One particularly exciting thing about uh, the leading actress race this year, at all of this year's precursors to the Oscars so far, a different Oscar-nominated actress has won each time. So Carrie Mulligan won the Critics' Choice Award, now Viola Davis at SAG. And then two other Oscar nominees, Frances McDormand and Vanessa Kirby, are up for BAFTA, the British Academy Film Award. And then today's podcast guest, Andra Day, took home the really the first of the season's major precursors, the Golden Globe Award for Best Actress in a Motion Picture Drama. You guys, I'm so excited to bring you this interview with Andra. It was so much fun talking to her, as you'll hear. She is nominated for playing Billie Holiday in Hulu's The United States Versus Billie Holiday, directed by Lee Daniels. It is a biopic, but it's, it's highlighting the largely unknown story of Billie Holiday's legacy as a civil rights activist. I know Billie Holiday from her voice and from the songs that she wrote and covered and many of us may know about her struggles with drugs and alcohol because she did die at the age of 44. But few know that she was targeted by and slandered by the FBI for her, among other things, for her refusal to stop singing the song Strange Fruit, which of course was a song protesting the lynchings of African Americans in America. Billie Holiday has been portrayed in movies before by the likes of Diana Ross also nominated for an Oscar for her feature film debut, like Andrew Day. And then um, Lady Sings the Blues, which was a play, and Audrey McDonald won a Tony Award for that. Anyway, it was very exciting to talk to Andrew at this exact moment, nominated for her feature film debut. We've talked to so many working actors on this podcast, and so while you may think having only one big movie role to talk about might not make as informative or as inspirational an interview, but... Listen to the ways that Andra describes going deep, 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 deep into this character or the notion of, is this a character or is this a real life icon? And I was just so blown away by the ways that she talked about the physical and emotional transformation into Billie Holiday and how physicality and emotion are one and the same for that process. And all of this just asked so much of Andra as an artist and as a human. And so I felt really honored to get a glimpse into that. Thank you so much, Andra for this glimpse into your process and for talking about imposter syndrome, uh, which is common not just for first-time actors, but for actors that, you know, for fellow Academy Award-dominated actors, I'm sure. So without further ado, stick around after this interview to hear from Christine McKenna Torella, as always. But um, let's take a quick break and then get to this interview with the beautiful inside and out, Andra Day. Applications are now available for UCLA's Professional Program in Acting for the Camera, gain knowledge from successful industry professionals, and receive a world-class acting education in three quarters consisting of scene study, acting for the camera, and career development workshops, an intimate classroom environment with a maximum of 16 students per workshop, and a certificate of completion from the UCLA School of Theater, Film, and Television. Students are encouraged to apply early, space is limited, admission is competitive. Just Google UCLA Professional Programs and you'll find us. Cassandra Monique Beatty, who goes by her stage name, Andra Day, is a singer-songwriter who has worked with the likes of Stevie Wonder, Spike Lee, and Common, but she's now also a bona fide actor, having earned a Golden Globe and Academy Award nomination for her portrayal of icon Billie Holiday in this year's Hulu contender, the United States vs. Billie Holiday. She could join the ranks of leading musical stars Julie Andrews and Barbra Streisand winning an Oscar for a feature film debut, here is the stunning Andra Day. Oh my gosh. Hi, Andra, how are you?
1: I'm great. I am just trying to keep up with all the craziness. I was gonna (laughs) say, are you doing,
0: you're doing a lot of press today?
1: Yeah, yeah, there is, but it's good. It's, It's nice. I think because of the nature of the movie, everyone's, sort of attitude and mentality, you know, toward everything has actually been really, really positive, you know, because she mm-hmm. she brought a lot to the table, you know.
0: You and you don't, it's not like you hate talking about it. You must love this. Yeah. You are proud I of did. this project. Yeah, I,
1: do. I love talking about it. I love talking about her. I loved it before we did the movie. So, right. you know, I was like, I've always obsessed over her. it just the movie gave me an excuse to look. Yeah, like, it's crazy, you know,
0: <laughs> absolutely. For listeners who may not know, what is your connection to Billie Holiday? What, where does your stage name come from?
1: Uh, yeah, so my my stage name, Andrea Day, is actually inspired by Billie Holiday, because my actual name is Cassandra Baby. So I just when I was thinking about a stage name, I wanted to sort of pay homage to her, and I love the relationship between her and, and Lester Young, who was played brilliantly by Tyra James Williams. Hmm. Um, and so uh, he co- gave her the nickname Lady Day and her mother the nickname The Duchess and she called him the president. It's funny because hmm. she would be like, and we're like the royal family. <laughs> so, uh, but nobody had the heart to tell Billy like, no, the president doesn't really fit in that scenario, boo. Like, <laughs> but it's part of why I love her. But I wanted, I didn't want to take Holiday, right? Because I just felt like that was a copy. Mm. More so, I wanted to honor the fact that it was her voice and her identity that helped me to come into my own identity and to accept that this is my voice, this is my creative, my artistic Mm. contribution, and to celebrate that. So I wanted to, you know, an homage to her through, by way of saying, this is who I am, and she helped me get there, you know?
0: Absolutely, and so, of course, um, it seems destined that you were supposed to play her in this movie. <laughs> it
1: seems that way, even though I didn't want to.
0: <laughs> yeah. Could you tell us about it? Like what was the, um, it was a long audition process. Of course, as for, as for any big biopic like this, it's going to be right.
1: Yeah. I think What, it was was, pretty- what happened? pretty extensive audition process, but prior to the audition process, I really didn't want to do it because I was <laughs> like, I'm not an actor, like, you know, they're like, what? You know, people ask me, why yeah. do you want to do it? I'm like, I'm not an actor, we can start right there. <laughs> it's just like, yep. you know, if anyone just told you like tomorrow, hey, do you want to, you know, haul off and give a clarinet concert? Like, no, cause I don't play the clarinet. Like, it is like that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, you know, that was, for me, I was like, ah, oh, this is a terrible idea. Um, but, you know, I, I did meet with Lee and I saw that um, he had a care for Billie Holiday. He also revealed to me in that meeting um, that we wouldn't be remaking Lady Sings the Blues because that was also a concern or an excuse I had put in place for why I couldn't do it. <laughs> it was true, I really didn't want to remake that movie because yep. Diana was amazing in it. I just felt like it's one of those things, why would we approach that again, you know? The other thing is, as a fan of Billy's, I was like, why would we tell a story again that is not necessarily the true picture of, of right. how the government went after her? So, mm-hmm. um, once I found that out that it would be vindicating her legacy, that we would be talking more about the early war on drugs and strange fruit, uh, you know, that's what made me go, okay, I'll audition. But I still was like, pick somebody else, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Sure. But um, but yeah, prayer had a lot to do with it. Trusting mm-hmm. me, seeing his vision had a lot to do with me saying yes. Also him not wanting to work with me, you know, was amazing because I was like, Great, he really cares about this movie, not notoriety, not anything. He just wants the story told. So it was a lot of different incentives for sure.
0: He wanted the best match for the part, right? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely yeah. he did, you know. Which I was like, So thankfully not. <laughs> 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 but I have well, this- always loved her
0: you know <laughs> you have that connection to her. so yeah, yeah. And yeah. there is a physical resemblance. of course, I want to get into it, of course. I, I'm congratulations on your Golden Globe and your Oscar nomination. Thank all you the
1: success you.
0: <laughs> I'm so excited to talk to you because because this is your first feature yeah. film. This is your big you know because I'm so used to talking to the to actors about their journey through the biz and it's rare to get to talk to somebody who has you no don't, job. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, what do you have to compare this to? And you're also in the middle of it. So it's so cool to talk to you right now.
1: It is kind of funny. It's so crazy. And it's funny that you say that. You're right. Like my journey through the biz, I'm like, I don't know. I don't have my journey. I mean, I guess that journey with the audition process was, was mm-hmm. a journey. You know, it was definitely a long process. We put some things on tape and Lee really liked him. My acting coach saw something in me, Tasha Smith,
2: you mm-hmm. know,
1: and she sent it to him and he liked it. And, and then we had to meet, you know, there was meet other cast members as well, you know, there was actually a few Jimmy Fletcher's cast. I think Trevante was always, was who Ali wanted originally and then it wasn't Mm -hmm. working out exactly in the beginning or something or they were working the script. So there was different iterations of, you know, Jimmy Fletcher's that I had met, you know what I mean? And
0: went
1: through like chemistry reads with some of them. So it was a, it was definitely a process, but um, it was actually after the Oscars of 2018 um, literally the day after that I got the call, that um, that I got the role. <laughs> Which,
0: oh, wow.
1: Uh, yeah, I was still hesitant even at that point, I was like, but we're in it now, so, <laughs> you yeah, know, wow. but um, yeah, so it was, that was, I guess the journey for the movie started at the end of 2017, so it's a couple mm. years, you know.
0: And it's still happening now, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, you've been, you've just had to put your foot on the accelerator.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> And of course, we're always asking for what is your, you know, what is the career advice? And because you're in the middle of it, like, how, first of all, how are you taking care of yourself? And how are you handling it? And like, what is your advice for maybe another actor who's in your same shoes of like the sudden burst onto the spotlight like this?
1: All of a sudden, it's like, wow, you actually really did do a good job. And now everybody's looking.
0: (laughs) Validation. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know i think for me i mean i I consider myself a deeply spiritual person or at least i try to you know um focus on the on those things and so for me you know the grounding is that you know is that my is that these things are all blessings and they're amazing Mm -hmm. and to enjoy them and to you know very be very present in them but to remember that they are at the same time, also a tool, you know what I mean? For, to encourage, you know, for, you know, as we say ministry or just to encourage people in their spirit. And I think that's tied directly to my purpose, you know, um, my overall yeah. purpose, you know, we as, as a people and then my individual purpose as an encourager of men, you know, I think that's something in, in identity scripture for me. Um, so it's, I think that, um, you know, I guess what, what would I advise for someone knew uh probably very little advice for them because i'm like i oh, don't know i'm not hanging yeah. on that great <laughs> no but uh but I, I guess just to um uh you know yeah to just not let it overwhelm you i think when you do things with purpose mm-hmm. and with intention and with faith and you put in the work you know um so to just be grateful that's that's really what i would say just yeah. Gratitude in every scenario, because gratitude will keep you grounded and will keep you focused and mm-hmm. also keep you present and enjoying the moment. So that's been a huge thing for me, for sure.
0: That's great. That's great life advice as well as <laughs> life, career. Life,
1: right? I guess it's life, it's true. Yeah, in any, any scenario, that's true.
0: <laughs> yeah, because we talk a lot on this podcast about the ebbs and flows of the industry. And this is such a big, I guess, flow.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: yes. But you also, so talk to me about your kind of journey through the biz. Like what, Um, I'm fascinated by Stevie Wonder becoming one of your collaborators and then Spike Lee and all of these people who kind of discovered you doing fits and starts. I was just watching all of your mashup videos, by the way, and I love those mashup videos Oh,
1: thank you so much. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, You know, it's so funny. That feels like a lifetime ago. You know (laughs) what I mean? It feels like it was so long ago. And I think also because just the movie sort of, you know, aged me in a way that I would do again, you know, it's definitely did and, you know, not just physically but emotionally and mentally so it feels like it was like shoving 10 years into a span of three years you know with everything so um yeah i mean yes stevie was really it's funny i was actually in a terrible situation with like this sort of producer manager and a lot of artists have this story you know what i mean they have some type of rough story but i don't i don't have any hard feelings about it you know i think you know, everybody's just trying to make it, and unfortunately it manifests in taking advantage of other people, but mm-hmm. you know, it's life, you know what I mean? So, um, but, but the one good thing that did come of it was, was I, I sang in, in, in front of a shoe store at a strip mall, <laughs> just a little, one wow. of this little carry amp, and, um, and, uh, and he had a recording of it in, in a pastry shop, actually. He found himself with Kai Miller-Morris, who at the time was Stevie Wonder's uh, lovely wife, Mm-hmm. And um, and she heard it and she loved it and she actually was like and revealed that okay I'm his wife and I would like to play this for him you know <laughs> and she did and I guess he loved it too and they they set up a call you know so I'm I was living in my mother's you know one bedroom apartment which is basically the size of a studio uh, mm-hmm. you know behind a Seven Eleven in between a Seven Eleven and a dumpster you know what I mean like that was yeah. really, really actually our location in an alley um uh on the top floor <laughs> but so it just felt like this meteor hit the house he was a huge presence that like it was weird mm-hmm. like the secret I was holding on to that the world around me didn't know that Stevie Wonder <laughs> was on the phone right next to them you know what I mean like it just felt crazy yeah. and he talked to me about like writing songs and a particular song he wanted to write and just like what my sign was you know just life stuff and music stuff mm. Um, unfortunately uh, I was not told the truth. I was told that they didn't like me, and I wasn't good enough, and so that's why it didn't work out, and we didn't hear back. I didn't find out till later that the person I was working with had tried to solicit a large amount of money from them. Oh. Um, and yeah, so, but they, like, hmm. God is great, and they held on to my information and reached out gotcha. a year later, after I was not working with this person anymore, huh. and ultimately introduced me to the producer Adrian Gervitz, who did my first album, you know, so. Amazing. It's, yeah, it's it's really interesting. There's, I think if there's a lot of stories like that, which is why I feel like I give so much credit to God because, you know, yes, there's a lot of hard work, but people had to say yes, too, you know, and I, I'm yeah. not in control of that.
0: Yeah, talk about ebbs and flows. I mean, that, like you said, that is true of every artist. It's not all success all the time. No, okay,
1: that's all you see. All you ever see is the tip of the iceberg. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't see all of the, like, you know, all the work totally. underneath, the 15 years underneath, you know
0: right so those 15 years what what was the goal what was the childhood goal of what you wanted to be when you grew up and how has it changed i'm wondering if in the last couple years is it is it now acting is acting included in the goal are you first and foremost a singer you know uh
1: yeah i mean i think so you know that's how i came to fall in love with billy holiday and that's how i came to but you know it's interesting i guess i can say i'm first and foremost a singer but you know, again, it's a spiritual thing for me. I think that God brings us into different seasons, right? There are seasons in life cool. and so, Yeah, you know, I, I think that in one season, maybe I am first and foremost a singer, but in another season, maybe this next season of my life, then I'm first an actress, you know, and then, I love that. and then maybe later on, you know, it's, I don't know, whatever, you know, philanthropy or, you know, mm-hmm. it's, so it's, it's interesting and I, I guess the best way to describe it is that I'm an artist, but but I will tell you in the beginning, no, it was not that I was like, I'm going to be a famous movie star. You know, that was not. Right. <laughs> um, I always knew I wanted to do music and I wanted to do um, recorded music because I, I liked, at first I, did, I didn't like writing. I just was like, why can't I just sing songs? You know, wow. like sometimes Whitney does and she sounds so beautiful and inhabits them and you know but just times were different you know and I realized that no one is going to also when I would have someone write something for me it was unsettling sometimes that it wouldn't fit you know so I I developed a love for writing through that and um, Mm -hmm. so that's why I pursued recorded music because it was I liked being at the helm of of what was happening I liked creating and being involved in that Um, so that's always been my thing and it's always been my bread and butter and you know, but I don't know in this new season of my life, maybe maybe it's like, no, no, no. You're first and foremost an actress right now. I'm like, Okay. <laughs> so
0: definitely yeah. That's what that's what you're being told that with the Golden yeah, Globe Award ring. Like,
1: well, I'm like, I'm a singer. Everyone's like, Yeah, no, we know, but you're an actor. <laughs> it's funny because Lee and my co stars will tell me, I'm always like, I'm not an actor. They're like, Stop saying that. You're so mm. annoying, you are an actor. I'm like, Okay. I'm just now, I feel like receiving it, right, you know.
0: And being great, and that goes back to the gratitude, too, of like, yeah, you're not going to deny that by denying that you're you're shutting it down and yeah, it's not true. opening yourself up to it, yeah. Right,
1: to what it is that might be needing to happen in this space and season. You're very, you're very Listen, you right. Listen, the guy not tell me. That's why you name Jack Smart. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes, indeed. And I, I love talking about gratitude, and I love yeah. – um, it's it's it is the, it is the grounding force, yeah. um, and I do think it must be true. Like if this had been a different scenario where your your first time acting role was a fictional character or somebody that you didn't have this intense connection with, like part of what made you force yourself to say, "Oh, I'm an actor," and to step up is because it's Billy, right? And because you were, I uh, you were feeling very responsible for doing her justice, right?
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well. So it's what made me it's first of all, it's what made me go there. I or what made me go method, I guess, is that's what people are telling me in my mm-hmm. acting coaches since been like, Yeah, you went more method when you were on set. Like she necessarily mm-hmm. trained me in that. But she right. was like, what she trained me was really whatever you need, you gotta do. You know what I mean? Whatever feels right and that you have a piece about, then you mm-hmm. know, if you're if it's authentic and it feels authentic, it doesn't really matter necessarily what technique it is, just you know what I mean. So you'll you sh- you'll adopt a few, and so she said on set. I went more, more method. So it's it's my love for Billy that really made me do that, mm-hmm. and but it was also my love for Billy that made me say no the first time too, because you know yeah. it was just any idea that I would be. You know what I had in my mind, honestly, Jack. I I had in my head that like people when they think about Billy will go, oh, Billy was wonderful. Boom, boom, boom. You know I've said this before. My mm-hmm. God, Diana was so amazing when she played Billy and then they would go, oh my God, Audra McDonald on Broadway. Oh, you remember when right. she was like, oh my God, you remember when Andrew Day tried to play Billy? And I was running in my head so crazy. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna be that person. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, so, or, or or that it would just continue to be that thing like, oh, see, this is what happened when singers think they can just jump in and do, you know, cause there sure. is that stigma for sure. You know, and, and I also feel like there's that assumption sometimes that from one realm to another, eh, mm-hmm. I can just jump over. And listen, some people can do that, you know what I mean? But it takes a lot of work and I think we don't. We discount sometimes if we have the access and we have success, then we just think we can go into anything. But this is, it's much deeper, more spiritual, more creative thing, you know, to- to Absolutely. Yeah, it takes the the time and the dedication and the work.
0: I mean, you are speaking like a true actor too, though, because um, every actor has the imposter syndrome. Every actor feels like- I'm going to be found out as a fraud, and of course, a terrifying fear of failure. Absolutely. That's very, very valid. Yeah. You told Oprah. I want to. I want to ask about the nitty gritty of constructing this, you know, character. Of course, but um, on that on that topic of of self sabotage, I mean, you talked to Oprah about self sabotage. Like, what this also goes back to advice. What what? How do you get out of that? How do you then, either that's either in terms of filming this movie or in just in life. How do you convince yourself to stop self- doubting yourself?
1: you know it's interesting too, because she actually asked me on that interview why why I believe that this role was brought to me or why God brought me to this role and i mm. I think again, hindsight is twenty twenty I'm now looking back realizing, wow, you know i you know it wasn't just me there to like serve Billy to bring her legacy to life, you know or or for Lee to bring her legacy to life and for you know to encounter you know or for me to encounter these people, and to just be moved and learn from him. It was also the work that God was doing in me, and I I think that he used Billy in a way that actually helped to alleviate some of that. I still deal with it, you know, and it's gonna be probably a lifelong process, you know? Exactly. Because that's a very human thing, you know what I mean? But I think it's gotten me to a point where I can accept it is a human thing, it is okay, the feelings will come up. You just have to, really the thing, that it taught me was to show up, you know what I mean? Because that's what Billy did. I say she made mm-hmm. me braver in the sense that the imposter syndrome didn't go away necessarily, you know? the The feelings of unworthiness didn't necessarily go away. Mm-hmm. It was to show up anyway in the midst of mm-hmm. those feelings and that's what she did because I'm sure she felt that as well too. And it actually really reminded me of the scripture that actually got me into the role. It was like, I was actually trying to pray the role away. I was like, okay, hey God, I know this uh, is not what I'm supposed to do and this is so crazy, right? Nudity, like, why would I do that? Definitely make uh, it go away, please, this is terrible, you know, but it was not that. It was, I read a scripture about, you know, it's a, it's a pretty known scripture about like Peter, the prophet, uh, the disciple walking on water, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I had read that so many times and then when I was brought into prayer about it into in, my devotion time, which is what I call, it was the mm. first time that I realized he did not ask for God to make the storm go away. It wasn't make the storm pass, make us safe again, make things comfortable again, calm the waters. It mm. wasn't. It was in the middle of a storm, caused me to get out of the boat and to walk on water too. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so it was, you know, a reminder that You know, we often want the storm to go away and think things that will be okay, but that's just not how life is. It is Ah, often one big storm, and we're looking to clear the storm as opposed to looking for peace um, in the midst and presence and gratitude Mm. in the midst. And so that's what it taught me to do was to just, even if I don't feel worthy, to say yes and to show up anyway, you know.
0: Oof, I need to, I need to hear that. <laughs> yeah. That's helpful for me. Um,
1: <laughs> Likewise, it was such a huge, is, I shouldn't even say was, is yeah. such a huge list, especially on the other side of it, dealing with all these awards. It's, I mean, a yes. like, constant feeling of why would they nominate me? Why would mm. they give it to me? Like, why, you know, and then like a feeling like, but, you know, th- these names in this category that are just, you know, sure never thought I could even touch or be named so it's a constant feeling and so it really is a moment to remind myself again just be present and to be here and to just show up not you don't have to step in and be like I deserve this and I'm amazing and da 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 but (laughs) just show up anyway you know
0: definitely don't don't step in with I don't deserve this
1: yeah definitely don't step in with I'm shit right (laughs) Right.
0: because then it's it's also kind of like then you've got the Viola Davis and Frances McDormand's of the world going well no you're you're here with us, like you don't deny. It
1: was really, I was, I did a round table actually with my fellow amazing actor, actresses, you know, and mm. to be able to even be named with Viola Davis, to be able to name, be named with Frances McDermott is, I, know. I mean, a year ago, are you kidding me? You know, it's, it's no way. So, um, I, I think, and then I did a round table actually, and which just with, um, just legendary actresses on there. And, 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 um, and Michelle Pfeiffer was one of them on there, mm-hmm. you know, and she actually, her and Halle Berry, actually, and Glenn Close, they kind of encouraged me. I was like, well, you know, I'm not an actor. I was still kind of on that kick, and they were like, girl, right. let's stop you right there, like you are. You know what I mean? Like, and so, yeah. and and they were just really, really encouraging, and, and um, you know, it's, you know, women are just like so bomb.
0: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, so it, it was a good reminder, you know, to to um, to just show up. You know what
0: I mean? Just show up. Show up. Step yeah. Up. So okay, we got to get into it with the constructing of this character, to the the idea of showing up for Billy, but also as Billy. And of course, you've spoken about this before. So, you collaborated very closely with Lee on yeah. the. Can I? Is do you think of her as a character in this process? Were you thinking of her as a person or a character? <laughs> Ooh,
1: that's... I have never been asked that before. That is, so look at, look at you look, and showing up. Look at us. we dealing with imposter syndrome and showing up to show out today.
0: <laughs> showing up.
1: Um, I have not been asked that before. Do I look at her as a character
0: or Because a... like you said too, like the Diana Ross version in your head and the Audrey McDonald, like you are not trying to create the definitive Billie Holiday. Mm-hmm. And you and Lee are creating a story about her life, not the story. Yes. So... Yeah.
1: Absolutely. I think it was really more than anything. It's just revelation, you know, because there is so much in her life. The reality is there should be 10 more stories about Billie Holiday because 100%. her life was so full of what my cast and I would say, epic shit every day. You know what yes. I mean? So it seemed normal to us, but it was not, You know, it seemed normal yeah. to them, but it was not, you know? Um, So, yeah, no, you know what, I I say this, I think I see her as a person and a character, you know what I mean? Like she's she's almost, there are certain things that she does and how she operates in the world that's almost a caricature of herself, you know, like that. Um, But she's also very, very much of a person. I feel the weight of being a black woman living in America, of her trying to be a black queer woman living in America, free, openly talking about and celebrating her queerness and others allowing them to show up and be present who they are. That's her real human. You know what I mean? Real. And then there's like funny sides of her that are almost like the character or the caricature, you know, where she's just like, you know, just absorbing random people or just hanging out the window somewhere, you know, just kind of, you know, and and, and like just doing crazy stuff or what seems crazy to us, you know, in light of the feds coming after her, you know. So she's just such an she's she's a part of sort of. American or world iconography at this point so it's, she's a little bit of a character um, Yeah. but yeah she's she's so she's both I think that's such a good question and I've never thought about it so thank you for making me look at that but they I think mean, the goal Lee's goal you know what I mean in this was like you said with him looking at he was so inspired that was the only Billie Holiday he knew so as far as he was concerned Diana's portrayal gotcha. of her and Lady Sings the Blues and for him and most people at the time that was Billie Holiday through and through, you know. Mm. And then Audra McDonald kind of gives us this different version of her really focused on Lady Day at Emerson Bar and Grill. Mm. And then he was introduced really to Billie Holiday's fight, you know, as yeah. the godmother, really the godmother of the reinvigorated civil rights movement through Johan Hari's, through Susan Laurie Park's amazing script based off of Johan Hari's book, Chasing the Screen. And I could tell, which is a part of what wrangled me in he felt yeah. so slighted and he fancies himself someone who knows Same. a lot about black history. Yes. And so he felt slighted. I could see the chip on his shoulder, like how dare they get away with keeping yeah. this part of her story from me. And so totally. um, for him, it was really vindication. You know what I mean? We need to see. So there was a lot like, there's so much more you can explore. Again, Billie Holiday's relationship, her real love with with women, you know what I mean? Four women, mm-hmm. her relationship with Tallulah, her relationship with her band. There's so much more you can get into, but he was very clear, this is not a straight ahead biopic. I need to focus yeah. on the war on drugs, on Jimmy Fletcher, on Harry mm-hmm. J. Hanslinger, because it's the part we were not supposed to know. And so it's yeah. revelation is really what what the goal yeah. was for, for him and for myself playing her, you know?
0: Totally, totally.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so s- speaking of this idea of like, uh, cause also I'm thinking of the, of the fact that you're playing her as a backstage person and then like you said this sort of iconography heightened thing you're also having to play her walking on stage and and being you know when somebody steps on stage they are inherently like almost a different version of themselves too yeah
1: and a character that's kind of the character part of her as well you know what i mean because that's the show and she was brilliant at that because she would say in interviews you don't have to cry you just have to get close and they'll cry for you you don't have to Uh. You just have to get close and they'll laugh for you. And I was like, "Woo!" you people forget. I think people just think she was high because that's just what we've been. She was high all the time. She was she was a brilliant performer. You know what I mean? She was yes. very real and very raw, but she was also really intentional and, ca- and calculating when it came to her performances. And I don't think she gets credit for that very often, mm. you know, because her legacy has just been boiled down to drug addicts. So that's kind of the character. Yeah. Part of her. You know what I mean? As well is yes. the going on stage and the knowing how to grab an audience and being aware of your sort of sway over the audience.
0: Um, she was aware, she must have been, yeah. yeah
1: but she she also was like us in the sense that she dealt with the imposter syndrome too, especially later in her life. She just thought people were only showing up so they could watch the train wreck of a rundown junkie. You know what I mean? That oh boy. was like her. She never thought people would remember. So she, she lived in both, you know, wanting to control and wanting to do that, but also feeling like uh, they just want to watch a, a train wreck, you know, so it's... Hmm she is the the epitome of duality right of you know to me you know like this dichotomy and duality i think
0: yeah and there there is such a tendency uh in <laughs> speaking generally here in hollywood there's a tendency for black female characters to just be one note or to be <laughs> for that one note to be strong and Come on, Jack,
1: smart. Come on. (laughs)
0: pure And like, I really what I really appreciate about this movie. First of all, of course, this legacy that I didn't know about like Lee, like Lee. But also um, she's scared. She's got fears. And um, like you said, insecurities. I mean, it goes back to the imposter syndrome. Of course, she had imposter syndrome. Absolutely. Absolutely. The tabloids are saying she's a drug addict and, and audiences are showing up. Why? You know? Right.
1: Yeah, exactly. And not only, you know, and also. You know, when you cut, you know, it's like when you have that much, the crazy part is, it's funny because she had so much terrible stuff written about her in these papers. Everything was her fault, it was on her shoulders. And listen, the woman of course would have imposter syndrome because it's one thing when the oppressor's like, you're awful, we hate you, blah, blah, blah. But when your own people go, why are you a mess? Why are you a wreck? Why are you embarrassing us? That is what really hurts. When you're getting up there every day and this might be your last night on earth because they'll probably kill you for singing Strange Fruit tonight. You know what I mean? That's what she dealt with. They would shoot into her car, chase after her with the intent to kill her. So, you know, it's, and you almost think, I always hear from people, she's so complex. And you know, if she would have given up the drugs and da da da. Sometimes I go, how the hell could she have done any of this without the heroin? Without the This woman lost her father to Jim Crow. She was raped at 10, punished at 10 for being raped, was sent into a brothel by her mother. So yeah. she lost her mother, she had no family, the government is pumping drugs into the community, penalizing her now because she doesn't want them murdering her people anymore. Like those are, she can't love women the way she would have loved, do you know what I mean? To totally. And so I just go, you know, that, yeah, she, she probably, it's insane to me that she was able to show up the way she was. Mm with the drugs, let alone if she had not had them, you know what I mean? Exactly. So it's, 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 and and it's an illness. She also understood that addiction was an illness. She's one of the first people to ever call addiction a sickness and to say we oh, okay. need a hospital, not a jail. She really actually said that. So it's, you know, you think like, man, that, that, yeah. You know, of course she showed up with imposter syndrome. Of course she showed up never feeling good enough. It was reinforced yeah. for her every day. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then she's dealing also with the government, entire government coming after her, like, you know, it's just, when you understand that that's what heroin does, that it's, and, and also that after you get high for the first time, you're just getting well. You're just trying to stave off dope sickness, which can kill you. It's like, Oof. you really get into the depth of those things. You know, you realize why you're willing to ruin relationships for it. You have to survive, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you're you're just trying to live and that's that's a huge part of it, you know.
0: That is all. It all sounds so daunting. And um, how much of everything you just said about her, about her, I'm, I'm curious about how do you how do you then construct the voice? Do you approach singing her stuff, recreating her voice, as separate from everything you just said, the construction of this woman, or is it all of a piece?
1: Yeah, it's it's all definitely the latter. It's all of a piece for sure. Okay. And I think that's why the voice was so important. You know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, I. I <clears throat> I knew that I wanted, I knew I did not want to do this movie unless I was actually speaking in her voice, not just singing in her voice, but speaking in her voice, Mm. because to me, her voice is just as much a character as she is, you know, she, um, I I look at her voice as something that I had to earn very, very quickly in a short period of time, what she earned in a span of 44 years, you know, and that's, Mm. you know. That's all of her trials, all of her triumphs, that's her, I think, I always say her voice is like a scroll, losing her father is written on it, every time she Mm. was raped is written on it, every time she dragged a cigarette imprinted on it, every time she slammed heroin, did a speedball, did cocaine, drank, every time she stood up to the cops, every time she successfully got away from a rain of bullets, every time she spent time laughing with Lester Young, you know, Mm. all of this is written onto her voice, the gin, everything, you know, and so. Um, we had to do that and Lee connected me with this great dialect coach, Tom Jones. Mm-hmm. And I think first it just was listening, listening. I promise you there is not a piece of audio that out there with Billie Holiday on it that I have not heard unless it has been intentionally hidden from the public. Right. I promise you. <laughs> like I was combing <laughs> auction houses, everything. Yes. So I promise you there is not something I have not heard. And, you know there were really great pieces the, the ones that were super helpful for me were the ones where she was just in rehearsal shooting the shit with her band she mm-hmm. from being moody to being really happy to being like oh i don't want to sing there was also another one where she's playing with her godson and you can see william Dufty, who was the writer of her her helped her with her autobiography his mm-hmm. son um was her godchild and um you can hear the joy and how much she wanted kids, you know, and that almost her pretending as if it was her mm. baby. She would actually breastfeed this child, which is very weird. Mm. <laughs> <It's>, yeah, I was <laughs> like, oh, so as a mom, I probably would feel some type of way about that. <laughs> 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 but um, so, but it's there's something there. I understand the kind of almost cuckoo ness of pretending that's your child because sure. you want know, kids so bad, and I could hear that in that audio. The wow. difference between when she's interviewing and she's professional you know the, the when she's more childlike when she's angry you know so it was mm-hmm. listening and then training the muscles you know what i mean understanding where okay where she moves from i'm much more in my chest on a regular basis
0: mm-hmm. Billie
1: Holiday will hit her chest but she stays kind of upper upper region sort of behind the neck you know mm. and then all of this is pure gravel i mean it's literal just yeah. like destruction of vocal cords in this space, you know <laughs> what I mean? So, um, you know, it was about the listening, the the impersonation then had to turn into an interpretation which came with mm-hmm. filling her with myself and my own emotions and everything. Okay. And I'm um, training the muscles as well as, to be honest with you, yes, I wouldn't recommend this, but damaging my vocal cords. The cigarettes,
0: the cigarettes definitely
1: changed my tone, drinking so much gin. Definitely changed yeah. my tone, <laughs> uh, you know, and I yeah. stopped taking care of my voice. No more tea, no more honey, no more lemon. Um, actually, wow. lemon, just pure lemon, actually kind of dries out the vocal cords sometimes. So, um, but you know, no, no more warm drinks, just ice cold, yelling, <laughs> no scarves, no warmth. You know, not taking care of myself. Wow. And drastic weight loss also affects your voice. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was a lot of things that had to get us to that, that sound. You know. What I mean?
0: That is remarkable because um, it is of a piece, what you're saying about the, I love this idea of the scroll, yeah, yeah. The by preparing your voice physically to do this, you are also preparing it psychologically, emotionally yes, as a character.
1: Yes, absolutely. absolutely. And
0: you had to do, so you really did have to do the drinking and the cigarettes, yeah. not just because you, Andrew Day, don't do that. And so you wanted to know what it, what it was like to be different. You yeah. wanted to capture her voice and you needed to do that in order to, to yeah. really capture her voice. Were you then... Um, Maybe when the cameras stopped rolling, are you then singing not as her? Like I imagine for the duration of filming, you're singing purely as her. <laughs> yeah,
1: singing as her, um, uh, speaking as her. You know, like for the most yeah. part, there's there's really only a couple moments I think while we were out there um, that I was not in her voice. You know, that was that was hmm. it was really just a matter of like who I was around. You know, if they were comfortable, not comfortable with it. You know, but everybody was was fine with this, so there would only be you know maybe a couple moments where I would, was not. But even when I was not, I was, I had been so changed by the experience with Lee and the experience with her by that point. So even my not, like that's what mm-hmm. my 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 friend who's my creative director, she actually assisted me on set because she's just a great person. Um, but she would tell me, you know, it's funny because you think you're using your natural voice right now, but it's not. You're not <laughs> like I know what your natural voice sounds like, and it's still not you. And so. You know, um, it was, I couldn't find myself anymore, so it was kind of actually impossible to be myself, because I didn't know who that was. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so it was, um, the other thing about it with with the voice was, yes, as you said, the physical transformation of the voice made it feels a certain way to sound like Billie Holiday, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean, like her throat feels a certain way. Um, And so I needed to feel that, the other thing was the cigarettes and the alcohol obviously really slow me down. You know, and oh. so I'm not slow. I'm like blah, 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 blah. and I love you Jack. And you're great. We're everywhere. <laughs> and we're so crazy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm too much. You know what I mean? I'm I'm I'm, I'm faster. I'm and she is molasses slow. Yeah. Nothing is ever too urgent. Nothing. She can be crazy and boisterous, but she's still even even in that she's slower. Hmm. So those things really helped to slow me down in a way um, uh, that would help me to, to get the physicality of the scene, and I wouldn't right. have to focus so much on that. I could really focus on filling it with the right emotion. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was it was helpful, honestly, in a lot of fronts. Do I recommend it? No, because that's
0: that's too, the thing
1: irresponsible. But <laughs> it did help me for when I was on set. Yeah.
0: That's so funny to hear because I feel like on this podcast we've talked we've spoken to a couple, um, you know, we've spoken about vocal care now and then. And yeah. at backstage, we're all about like, how do you take care of your voice? I loved I love this idea that you're like, I had to do the opposite of taking care of my voice. <laughs> <up."
1: laughs> How'd you take care of your voice? Like, what?
0: I was I had like, to you know how when
1: people wear scarves because they want to not get sick. I'll just walk outside in the snow in a tank top, drinking it. A- and gin, smoking oh a cigarette, yelling across the street to whoever my co-star is. <laughs> Just and do the
0: opposite. <laughs> do the opposite. And it's all because, like, is it safe to say, like, you don't want you in the dress, you know, on stage as Billie Holiday, you don't want Andra to you want to remove as many layers as possible and just channel the emotion
1: yes it would be my exactly just my emotion right any familial trauma that's helping to inform what I'm feeling in that moment Mm -hmm. but as far as like the physicality or the mannerisms or the behavior I did not want to be distracted with my person you know what I mean and I think that was um, it was not my face, not my hair, not my sound, not my none of it. You know, because I'm telling you, as soon as any of me eeks in there, I'm like, I don't believe anything I'm doing. This is all fake. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. So it's um, no, I definitely wanted to be very, very much lost in in her. That you know, and 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 it's and I, to the point where like with my co stars, you know, it's you know for they understood like okay, who had, this person we're receiving. They feel really natural to us. They knew me and met me as Billy, you know, and Natasha cool. actually says this all the time. She's like, it's weird hearing your voice or just meeting you, you know, because, you know, I thought I was meeting you, but I realized now I was meeting her. And so crazy, you know, it it, it, it but it had to be that because I just we're so we're similar in some ways, obviously, when it comes to the musical, but, but in some ways in mm. life, we are polar opposite, you know, and so, um, yeah, it, it had to be that, you know.
0: It's so cool. It's so cool to hear. Think you can write two feature screenplays or a TV spec and two original TV pilots in less than nine months? If you are accepted into the UCLA Professional Program in Screenwriting or Writing for Television, you will. Both programs begin this fall. Learn from renowned UCLA instructors and you'll receive a world-class education in less than a year, an intimate environment with a maximum of 10 students per instructor, guidance from writing your script through navigating the industry, and a certificate of completion from the UCLA School of Theatre, Film, and Television. Just google UCLA Professional Programs, you'll find us. Were there any scenes or songs that you know you nailed? Do you have like a a favorite?
1: (laughs) Um, let me see. Well, okay. And, and i will say nailed is also a very relative term because i yes. was horrified the entire time you know what mean? I, yeah exactly and i had yeah. this horrible idea in my head that like lee's telling me it's really great just because he doesn't have time for me for me to, he can't get for me what he needs and he doesn't have gotcha. time to get it so he's like just it's good it's fine it's fine like he'll figure out how to make it good but it's actually terrible you know what i mean like so <laughs> but i will say the scene i had the most fun in i think and had the most confidence I guess in was um, Pigfoot in a bottle of beer because there is something and I think it had to do with that scene there is something she's in Baltimore she's singing with her family her folks her kin these are people who know her who love her who recognize her who supported her Mm. and yeah there's cops right outside the building waiting to take her down but she is with her people Mm. that's a familiar feeling you know what Mm -hmm. I mean when you're performing and you're loose you're not worried about anything you're not that's the best, you know what I mean? That's that's when the pressure's kind of like off, and you can just do any little thing you think of, and you're you, mm. everybody's having a good time, and you know everybody's definitely drunk. It's hot in there, you know, like yeah. and the extras were so much that they really lived uh, that. They but let, let me tell you, who deserves a damn Academy nomination, honey? They're yes. Damn Montreal! Um, I don't even want to call them extras; those co-actors, those co stars yes. child. Like it was yes. hot as fish grease in that place. And every single take, they were moving and on the entire time. And Billy, we love you, Billy. And I was like, well, shit, I love y'all too. <laughs> let's do it, you know? <laughs> so I think That's amazing. that was- That's yeah. Yes, and, that was, and then Lee, of course, crazy visionary, was like, let's make Billy Holiday crowd surf. I was like, yes, bitch. Let's make Billy Holiday nice. crowd surf. Okay. I'm looking okay. at him like, okay. So he was like, toss her out there, you know? So it was like, it just was really fun and it was, um, I could feel everybody's energy and I think that fueled me as well too. You know, we would sort of prayed over everyone and everyone, actually literally a room of like 500 people praying together before we started the scene. It was really powerful because Lee had me go out and do that. And, um,
0: and you led a prayer?
1: Yes, yes. That's what he, oh. he had me go do that because he's just brilliant. And, um, and it was you could everybody was like charged up, I think after that. So that scene, I feel like was the one I was probably most confident I enjoyed the most because it was just it was exactly what you thought it would be it was a party. (laughs) And like, yeah,
0: that's awesome. And also what a great it's such a great um, point to to say that background actors, quote unquote, our co-stars, like yeah, you, 100%. your performance was improved by your ability absolutely. to react to what they were giving you.
1: They, yeah. Absolutely, it would not have been the same. Like I believed them every time. And I was like in my own head thinking to myself, girl, they're acting, why are you believing them? like, nah, nah, they're <laughs> failing me. They really feeling me. Yes. <laughs> totally. But That's you know, so interestingly cool. enough, interestingly enough, they were, I think they really to a degree believed something too, because at the end of the scene, Cameras are off, everybody's moving, taking down equipment and they're funneling all the extras out and I just happened to be standing there, I was waiting for them to go before walking backstage so I could change and they kept stopping me. Billy, you so much, Billy, can we get a picture with you, Billy, can we? And I was like, whoa, like, I was in my mind, and in my mind, it took me a while to realize, like, wait, I'm not Billy Holiday, like, this is not, (laughs) it wasn't like, I'm such a huge fan, I love your music, please can I have a picture with you, they would pull their phones out and be taking a picture, like, oh, I love you, Billy, and I was like, wow, you know, like, I did not want to do the accent. It was more like "I love you, Billy." You know what I mean? Like,
0: <laughs> sure.
1: Accent, but but <laughs> so they were really. I mean, I think they were in. They were committed. They felt it. You know, it was. That's it was so cool. they were special, definitely.
0: That's so cool. I mean, the movie so could have easily been um you up solo on stage lip syncing, you know. <laughs> and instead, you guys like captured the live. There's some live performance elements. Yes,
1: yeah. yes, there was. Yeah, Lee had the good sense to. To see, I mean, I guess that's what a brilliant director does. Um, but he could see, you know, we did pre-records for everything before we got out there in, yeah. in August with Salam Remy. And um, but he could see that I had just dropped deeper by the time I got to set. You know, it was just mm. different. And so he definitely wanted to do some live. Them, their eyes was one of them. Strange Fruit, obviously, was was very much one of them. Yes. The acapella, the way he captured that acapella in the beginning, I was like. You know, I had I just saw the movie the day before it released. You know what I mean? Before it's February mm-hmm. twenty sixth. Oh, cool. And I just remember being like, "That's what he did!" Like, wow. You know, it's just mm. so powerful. And and um and then God bless the child. I think was another one. There was a few that we captured live on set. Um, mm. uh, or re- I think we captured really most of them live on set, and then used the live performances of some of them. But I think it's because my spirit had changed more. It was different. And he says, that's, so cool. that's what he saw, you know? And so he was like, we got to get her in this space, you know?
0: So cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to let you go soon, but um, oh, going off of that. Um, I like
1: talking to you. <laughs> Damn.
0: <laughs> I love talking to you too. I'm so, uh, this is so great. Because I, I really am so, it's so refreshing to talk to like a first time actor. And yeah, everything yeah. you're saying is, is both new, but also co- you're completely reiterating what we've heard on this podcast before. Yeah. But um, we ask this of everyone. We ask, do you have a favorite actor? Mm. Or do you have a favorite, um, maybe not favorite, but do you think there's a performance, an acting performance, film or TV, that you think every actor should see and study?
1: Ooh, we. Um Gosh, that's really difficult because I had my <laughs> handful of people actually on set like before going to set that I was like if I could somehow tap but it was a it was a combination of performances and actors you know what I mean interestingly enough it was also amazing to be inspired by my co-star Trevante's internal acting the nuance and just the little I mean I just feel like this dude could actually do an entire movie with literally no words and you would understand a full script 100%. from it, you know what I mean? And so 100%. Tyler and I, my other co-star who I was inspired by as well, like we spoke about this, you know, it's just like internal nuanced acting. I mean, it's to me the level of like, like I love the way Robert De Niro does that, you know what I mean? As well too, just those little subtleties. Denzel is of the same ilk, you know? So mm-hmm. to me, he is of that, that cloth. Everything is so deeply emotional. Um, the other performance, obviously, is Marianne Cotillard in, um, in La Vie Rose. I mean...
0: How interesting.
1: I, I got to tell you, too, and, and so much so to the point that... So that is a performance that also very much inspires Lee as well. Mm-hmm. And so there was inspiration of that on set. I think in his mind it was Diana Ross in Lady Sees the Moose. That's a huge one. And Marianne Cotillard in La Vie Rose, wow. you know. And then for me, add to that, Jamie Foxx in Ray. I, I mean, oh,
0: that's yeah. The way that's a good one.
1: He, he really, I just, and I know Ray Charles, and I love Ray Charles's music, but ja- Jamie Foxx truly became Ray Charles for me. Became. Incredible. Um, the other person is um, uh, Daniel Day Lewis as well, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I think um, uh, Meryl Streep as well. You know, so it's it's it was a <sighs> handful of people and performances that I was like something what is it you know what i mean like excavating combing clawing through what is that thing that i need to suss out from these performances or these people or you know it was was, that's emotional and vulnerable and raw and layered and powerful and strong and you know and angry and unlikable and also very likable Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like it's just a combination of a lot of things so it's a lot. I just gave you sorry, but those those, no. are, those are it's like a handful of them. That a bag, a mixed bag of people that I thought were
0: well. That's that's super cool to hear actually because I know I knew of course all of that. You read everything you could and you listened to everything about Billy Holiday itself, but it's actually cool to hear to think about the other like gold standards of Hollywood star playing iconic singer. Yeah, which are Diana Ross, Marion Cotillard, and Jamie Foxx for sure.
1: Yes, absolutely. I, I think those, yeah. those performances were just. You know,
0: and and then to kind of compare them all together, you're there like, well, what do they have in common? Like, well, how are they successful?
1: That was actually what I, I literally studied, you know what I mean? Every single one, and it's so funny because I I did and the same thing even with Trey, and I just told him this, like, I don't know, maybe a couple of weeks ago or something like that, you know? And I was like, literally like, bro, I've never said this to you, but I actually was like, I wasn't just looking at your stuff to be like, because I actually, before Lee cast him, I was the only person on the planet who had not seen Moonlight yet. I knew that I wanted okay. to. And so, um, <laughs> you know, I knew that I wanted to. So when he sent he sent me like a gift of him and it was like, Oh, this is your new co-star. Cool oh. It's okay. And he says Toronti Rose. So I Googled and I was like, Oh, that's the dude from Moonlight. I've been wanting to watch that movie. Cool. Let me okay. check it out, blah, blah, blah. And then I realized I had seen some other stuff. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but so I started Moonlight and then combed through every single thing he did he's always like oh i wish you hadn't you know what I mean? oh. <laughs> but but i came <laughs> through everything and i thought you know i told him i studied you though like it wasn't just that i was like i wow. looked at you so that i could build these feelings for you for when i get to set i actually studied you for real you mm. were in the violas and the merrill's and the daniel days the marion Cotard, the jamie fox the diana Rosses of because i was like you know, the the Al Pacino's, the Robert De Niro's, because I just remember, and Terrence Howard actually, another one who just mm. like, I him in Crash, oh, the scene where yeah. he's crying and he's, so I just remember like, and I studied, I told him I studied him in the same way, with was something that mm. internal, I wanted that internal. I wanted how much Diana brought to Billy of herself, you know what I mean? I wanted oh. Audra's emulation, you know, I yeah, wanted Audra. Daniel Day's and and Jamie Foxx's full, I guess, method, now that I'm learning it, you know what I mean? Yeah. And and Marion Cotillard's and their inhabit, how they inhabited these characters and brought them to life and made all these layers. It was, Hmm. I mean, it was, yes, you're right. That was another level of research outside of Billy. You know what I mean? That's super cool.
0: And to study Trevante and then study him in real time, opposite him.
1: Very, it was actually really like, there'd be moments that I'd just be watching and I'm like, because it was like, and now I got to see how do you do this in person? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you? And to be cool. completely honest with you, I still don't fully know. Like, I can't really put it into words. All I know is and I'm like, well, I can see that drop when it happens. And I'm like, mm. what is that? You know what I mean? That's just like.
0: Yeah. I mean, so, he yeah. might not know either, which is maybe. what's like, might so magical.
1: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, definitely.
0: Trevante Rhodes' smile could power. <laughs> a small city. have so been annoying.
1: Said. Like try, like it's... just make an effort to try and outshine this dude's smile, <laughs> that it's not happening. Like Billie Holiday could slit her damn wrists open and bleed out in the <laughs> corner and people would be like, but he's smiling again. And I'd be like, okay, <laughs> go get that then
0: <laughs> Talk about showing up, you have to show up to just yeah, to
1: outshine. Oh, like in <laughs> my life have I been jealous of a man until this moment, like ever,
0: <laughs> ever, ever. Yeah. <laughs> jealous of a man. Oh, that's
1: amazing.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, well, I have to let you go soon, but, um, the other thing I wanted to ask, so you didn't see the film until very recently.
1: Yeah, I did not.
0: (laughs) So what was the experience like? And like, how did you, how has your impression of your performance changed? And do you have regrets? Do you, are you, I mean, Mm -hmm. This is all happening so fast again. It is.
1: Like, and I am your typical self-saboteur. I am well, there you go. very much a, like, so everybody goes, it's amazing. And I go, why didn't <laughs> I do this here? Why didn't I do that? And you know, I had this idea and I should have blah, blah, blah. So I am a typical, like, I will literally mutilate. It's why I actually don't watch anything I do back. For the most part, I usually never, ever, ever do. Mm. Even with my albums, I listen to my album Oh. I'm timed down just to hear the master to make sure everything was correct. I have never listened to my album since then. And then
0: you step <laughs> away.
1: Yeah, it just you know, um. it's in the ether. It's the worlds now, you know what I mean? Mm. But I cool. did watch. And I will tell you, it made me it made me go through a range of emotions. I was almost like <laughs> I felt a lot of stuff that from set that came flooding back, you mm. know. Um I felt kind of anger too like a little bit of me was sort of like why the would y'all make me sit down and look at this they're like what (laughs) Um, and I felt sadness I also did feel triumph I felt like
0: Hmm.
1: like a chapter closing and I think the emotional part was I don't think I'm still fully ready for the chapter to close you know so it was like oh yeah but I think what it did Mm. less less my performance it was more so it made me go oh my god I knew I loved these people. I knew I loved Lee. I knew I loved Tyler, Trey, Natasha, Garrett, Tone, Rob, you know, um, Evan, uh, Melvin, um, uh, Miss Lawrence, Devine. I knew I loved these people. But to watch them back in this movie, I was like, wow. I was so blown away by their performances, by how present they were, how they showed up. Ultimately, I was very happy I saw the movie.
0: Yeah, that's actually, it's it's cool to hear that because, of course, you didn't have to. You you probably could have. Yeah. There's totally a scenario where you could just be like, no, it's at, like you said, it's out in the ether and I don't need to. It's but it was cathartic.
1: Scenario. It's usually yeah. a scenario for me. I'm like, they're like, how was it? I don't know. I wasn't there. I didn't see it.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so I was you had glad to...
1: to watch Lee's work back to see his genius mm-hmm. and to see him accomplish what he set out to do. Which was create a beautiful piece of art that told the truth about the feds going after her, you know, and I mm. think that that was, you know, and to humanize her, to really humanize Holly oh, yeah. Holiday, you know, mm. and um, and he did that, and I'm so proud of him, so proud of them.
0: Yeah, like you said, there really does there there needs to be ten more movies about Absolutely. her.
1: Okay. absolutely
0: you know yeah <laughs> it was so those. funny
1: actually my friend Cynthia and I were talking about this the other day it was like there could be literally 10 more movies about Aretha and there could be 10 more movies about Billie Holiday like their lives would have that much that much to them you know what I mean? 100% so, yeah
0: and I assume by Cynthia you mean Aretha
1: yes my love I love her so much oh.
0: we do Beyond too we, yes <laughs> we spoke to her too I also just remember we spoke to Devine I think while she was filming like she had Oh, okay. She was away for a weekend or something. And she was like, I'm working with Lee Daniels on this Billy Holiday movie. I love singer- her so much. Oh my gosh. The singer Andrew Day is killing it. And I was like, oh, cool. That sounds really cool.
1: <laughs> they kept coming back to me, her and my other co star, Tom Bell, and then Evan Ross. They would be like, We've been talking to people about this performance. Bro. You murder. And I'm like, For real? Okay, cool. I can't hear that shit right now because I'm high as fuck. No, I'm just <laughs>
0: There's the method, you're a method.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm learning for sure.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, it's so cool. It's really honest, again, it's refreshing to hear um, a method quote unquote actor talk about being method in a way that you didn't understand that that's what you were doing. You were doing what needed to be done to play this person.
1: That was it, yeah.
0: And again, like um, a lot of what you've said just now has been echoed on this podcast. Like you are speaking like a true working actor. Mm, from the amazing.
1: well, that's great. Good. good.
0: Yeah, from the feeling of self sabotage down to the method. I mean, all of it. It's,
1: wow, that's amazing. Well, good. I really respect the craft. I think it matters. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. definitely. That's amazing, man. I, I really enjoyed talking to you, Jax I love that name too,
0: Andrew Day. <laughs> I love your name too. Thank you so much. I, I knew this would be. I wish we could do this in person. Maybe we'll do it again. I know. Oh
1: my gosh, that would be day. so nice. Somewhere cute. You know what I mean? With like good lighting, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> like, I
0: used to do it all the time and now I don't remember how, so... <laughs>
1: That's the other part. Uh Uh-oh. It's like Billie Holiday. Listen, I feel like God used Billie Holiday to work all of that anxiety of meeting people and now COVID was like, nah, be scared again. I'm like.
0: Completely. (laughs) It's also not like we're talking about this whirlwind of your like career, your acting career blowing up. It's happening in the middle of a pandemic. That's so weird.
1: So weird. So everyone to me is a Zoom box.
0: (laughs) That is so weird. You're different. not meeting Viola in person.
1: I know, That's and weird. I want to because I want to just That's weird. oh, I want to just you know that exchange. You know what I mean of spirit, yeah. and energy, or but I know we'll, we'll that, get there. We'll get there for sure.
0: We'll get yeah. It'll we'll be back to that at some point.
1: Yeah. Definitely yeah. Yeah. So, all yeah. the Aizers and Modernas and Johnsons and all that stuff. Well, yeah. It's happening. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you so much, though. Thank you so
0: much, Andrea. Do you have any um any parting words of wisdom for our working artist listeners? You covered it all.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you actually covered it all. You were really great. So you 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 directed you. and led and questioned and everything perfectly. So um, continue to tell the stories of black people, people of color, LGBTQ yes. plus 2S. I always want to make sure I get that right. Women's stories, you know what I mean? Make sure of marginalized not marginal, mm. but marginalized people. i mm. sure we continue to tell more of their stories because well, all of ours have been suppressed, so it's time for this outpouring of our stories, right?
0: Past time, I completely agree. Yes. Marginalized, not marginal.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah,
1: um, to ourselves. That's, that's wonderful. <laughs> yeah.
0: Thank you so much, Andrea. Thank you so much. It's time to hear from Christine McKenna-Torella, our backstage casting insider. I will let her take it away.
2: Hi guys, Christine McKenna-Torella here. If you haven't seen United States versus Billie Holiday on Hulu, it is so great. Look, it took me a minute to get to it for, award season list is very long, but Andre Day's performance is a masterclass. It's so beautiful. It's a great ensemble. I loved Lee Daniels' direction on this. The cinematography is really interesting, and I was intrigued by a lot of the choices because... I'm sure you're the same as me. We've all watched a lot of material in lockdown. And when you watch something that's shot differently and edited differently, you know, you really remember it. So check it out. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Inspired by Andrew's um, character work and individuality, I thought I would share a quick reset trick about getting in and out of character for your auditions we have so much tech around us especially with virtual auditions it can be a challenge to drop into the experience and in a full way right be really present there's so many distractions not only on our laptop but in our home setup i'm sitting in a closet recording this podcast right now and my cat has come in multiple times so i get it so basically it's a 60 second reset and I've borrowed this from Ariana Huffington. She calls it a reset zap. She uses it at the start of her day, before every meeting she has, and at the end of work so she can leave work behind. And I thought, uh, this is powerful, and, and I wanna share this with actors. So basically, it's taking 60 seconds before an audition would start digitally or in person and box breathe. And box breathing is basically breathing in and out for the same amount of time. So in for four, out for four, for example. And during this time, the 60 seconds, which is just a short amount of time, You play a song, perhaps, that makes you feel powerful and joyful. You focus on joy triggers, uh, as she calls it. So have pictures around you that make you feel good of moments that you've conquered or things that you are aspiring to do. Something to bring you clarity and purpose and help you drop fully into the moment and be present. If you need to get into a character, perhaps you can change that music and the pictures to reflect the sides and journey the character will be going on. And most importantly and most powerfully, I think, after the audition, so you don't play this experience over and over in your mind, repeat the exercise of the 60-second reset, right? Breathing, having joy triggers around you, listen to that song that makes you feel good, let it go, and move on into the next moment. I know I have a little Zoom fatigue, so I've been using it in between meetings, and I I find it really helpful, so I hope that it is something that helps you get into your virtual auditions a little easier and let them go a little faster. On to the casting calls for this week. I wanted to remind you guys we've jobs that aren't just New York, LA, London, that we have them for different regions. So I have picked a few in the US to chat about this week. Uh, There is an apparel shoot in Chicago seeking expressive models of all body types. Love that. With lots of personality to bring an apparel shoot to life for Green Thumb Industries. Next, we're going to South Philadelphia. They're casting a bold, optimistic campaign that reminds riders what they should and shouldn't be doing on the SEPTA. I hope I'm saying that right. I've not been on the SEPTA before. Featuring a eclectic, diverse mix of authentic riders in the Philly area. And did you guys know that we have crew jobs I feel like people know I'm just double-checking. So there's a really great crew job that I've picked out this week. It's a car commercial looking for a qualified makeup artist in Santa Barbara of California. It's a 12-day shoot, paying really well. Um, so check that out if you are an MUA. Details on the site there, guys. As always, we have hundreds of casting calls for every type of actor in every region on the site. So head over to Backstage.com to check those out. That's all from me for now. Break a leg in your upcoming auditions and have a beautiful week.
1: In the Envelope is recorded at Lotus Productions and Hyperbolic Audio in New York City and Soundbox LA, Mark Rouse Studios and Buzzies in Los Angeles. Thanks as always to our producer extraordinaire, Jamie Muffet, and to the team at Backstage, Samantha Sherlock, Mark Stinson, Caitlin Watkins, and of course, Casey Howe.